I think this is the, the one of the best things I've ever learned from Ryan, and it's to commit to the shot. So that might be, if you're pursuing graphic design and if you truly want to be a designer, you need to commit to that pursuit. If you're wanting to be a writer, if you're wanting to be a musician, you need to commit to that pursuit. Super excited to have my brothers, Caleb and Ryan from Always Abounding on the Passion Behind the Art Show. Dude, this is a long time coming. Welcome. Thanks for having yeah, us, man. Thanks for having us. It Finally. <laughs> over two and a half years in the making, something like that, man. Goodness. Seriously, two years ago, I've been counting down the days. It is, it's here. <laughs> no joke, man. Like, uh, this is exciting. I've had some pretty exciting interviews this week, but... Um, this is up there, definitely up there. Like, I was like, okay, this is super cool. Because it's always nerve-wracking when I have people that I don't know on, like, just leading up to. Sure. Right? But, like, when I have people on, there's, like, this level of excitement. And I'm excited about this. All right, so well, we're, let's... Carol, ready to get weird with you. Let's get weird, <laughs> Let Come on. Which is expected. All right, so let's jump right into it. There's okay. some parts you guys are going to have to do individually. Like this first question, how did your creative journey start? Awesome. Caleb, you want me to go? How to start, buddy? Uh, for me, it was um, especially, so for those of uh, your listeners who don't know, Always Abounding is a video production company. But so so I'll, I'll try to speak mainly to that, the, the creative aspect around video and where it started for me. It started for me when I was about two and a half years old. And I was living in Smyrna, Tennessee, which is right outside of Nashville. As as a toddler, my dad would take my Ninja Turtles. He would make stop motion movies with a giant camcorder, uh, uh, stop motion movies with these Ninja Turtles on our uh, dining room table. And the funny thing about it is, looking back as a professional in video production, it, they were terrible, you know. They were the, the worst movies because he kept the ceiling fan running while he was filming, so you could definitely see where, like, it was very jarring where he would cut and stuff. But that's, I think that's for me. That was when I first got excited about video. Um, growing two up, two and a half. At two and a half, um, uh, so, I, I was interested in whatever that process was. I was too you. too young to understand it, but. That was, for me, that's probably when the creative journey started for video, but I've been drawing all my life. Um, I was in art club growing up. Um, I would have uh, a couple of my buddies come over in, in high school and middle school. And we would, yes, we would play a lot of video games together, drink a lot of soda and stay up all night. But a, a lot of times we'd end up hanging out at the kitchen table, drawing pictures mm -hmm. of our favorite comic book characters or coming up with stuff. So um, it's been it's been a long process, but I think it, early on my mom and dad always instilled in me to be okay. It's okay to be creative and, 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 you know, exercise that muscle. So that's where it kind of started for me. Sweet. For me, um, it's, uh, it's a heritage thing, man. And it goes, if you go to my grandparents' house in this closet is like an archive of videos, floor to ceiling. 
Hmm. I've been surrounded by it all my life by then. They had the shoulder camera. I mean, they had it all growing up. But when I first started dabbling and being around cameras all my life, uh, was in high school. For any project, if there was a way to do it with video, I would use video mm. um, for everything school, school-wise. And then I actually ended up proposing to my wife via video as well. I made a video about the lost ring and uh, wow. the journey to find the ring to propose to her. And it's terrible. It's like 21 minutes of your life you'll never get back. I've learned how to to cut it down since then, <laughs> uh, but uh, that that's where it all started for me. Wow, that is some story. Twenty one, <laughs> twenty one minutes of this. Yeah, man. So I looked, I looked at the high school. I looked in the in the in the jungle. I looked at Chuck E. Cheese. I looked at all these places, and then I realized I think it's at Kim's house. And then I fly to her house, <laughs> and then in real life, watching this video, I go to knock on the door, and 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 I then I propose to her. So yeah, 21 minutes of that, 21 minutes. <laughs> and she had to watch that. Yes, she had to. I labeled it was VHS too. I labeled it uh, how to breastfeed. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, that's, I don't think I knew that. Oh, man. Uh, well, I definitely, uh, my creative journey didn't involve breastfeeding. It didn't involve a 21-minute video. Uh, mine was probably a little bit more uh, underwhelming than mine. But um, regardless, I learned something about you today, Ryan. That's incredible. <laughs> but I mean, it's a nice balance, and that's what you guys um, do a very good job of, of, like, balancing each other out. And I'm pretty sure there are times, no, I'm certain there are times when uh, Caleb's over the top and Ryan is uh, even killed. Yeah, most of the time it's this guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, have to, I have to put on my perspective when I get in front of the camera or on a podcast like this. I don't want to be, you know, chastised for acting a fool. So I got to be careful. <laughs> Dude, but you are free. I'm free. This You're is free that. All right, get ready. So, um, get ready, listener. Here we go. Um, so trying to catch back my train of thought because, as I said, we said it before, hopefully, we don't go um, off the rails. <laughs> but five minutes in, baby, told you to take them on. <laughs> so it's funny how that you know, to be honest, even your experience, Caleb, of just a two and a half seeing stop motion video, like to me, that's like ahead of the curve. You know what I mean? Because, like, I didn't even know that thing. I didn't even know that was a thing until probably, like, maybe 13 or 12. You know what I mean? So oh. even that whole I... concept, even though it's not a, as you said, it wasn't a, the greatest thing, but just the whole process and, and understand that that's even a thing that people do. I'll have to preface all of I should have prefaced all of it with, you know, even then, obviously, two and a half, whether whether I was two and a half or ten, it wouldn't have made a difference. It was still something I, I wasn't really right. um, educated about, that's for sure. I mean, I knew what I was looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I knew that, that my dad would press start and stop and move these things around. But in, at the end of the day, it would be like this cool little movie. But I didn't understand why it worked. You know, it wasn't until years later that 
I started to understand why it worked. Um, no, I'm, he's a baby genius. Please. Hardly. <laughs> uh, I'm the, whatever the opposite of that is, that's what I... Um, but, you know... Baby redneck. Baby redneck. Um, no shame in that. But I do think that there was a time, probably middle school, high school, Daryl, where when I got my hands on my own camcorder right. and I started to realize, hey, if I press stop or if I press record and pop up behind a trash can and go back down and then I have somebody press stop and then I run over to a tree and press start and then I pop up behind a tree, it looks like I kind of warped. I kind of like moved through time and teleported. I started to realize those principles around middle school, I think. And uh, in high school, we did a video, uh, we did a movie of the Scarlet Letter, me and all my buddies. And if anybody's familiar with Scarlet Letter, there's a lot of female characters in there. Where Well, it was a group of four guys trying to make this video for uh, sophomore English. And so what did we junior English class? So what do we do? My, one of my buddies dressed it up, dressed up like Hester Prynne, the woman. I dressed up as the baby girl. Uh, it was it was an absolute train wreck, man. It was a joke. But um, but I mean, you know, we started to learn how I started to figure out, hey, how how can we tell a story through video? It wasn't until I met Ryan that I really understand the craft behind it. I was just mm. interested in it up until then. You know, I just thought it was really neat and it got my attention. You know, it's funny that we have all these different um, experiences of video and not until like you get in the industry, like all that other stuff that you kind of saw, like all the dots get connected. I know it's a little bit different for you, Ryan, because you were kind of bred in that, you know what I mean? It's going down from generation. Mm -hmm. But at some point, like even all the stuff that you saw when you were younger, at some point, like all the dots started to get connected on you know, everything making sense. Like, when do you feel Absolutely. Like that happened for you? Like, the first time you say, okay. Uh-huh. Um, I would say the first time someone asked me to... Um, well, no, I'll, I'll probably go back to... I'll say officially a wedding. I filmed a wedding. Mm. And, and just, you know, I learned... Uh, I learned then filming my first wedding just to, to record and commit to the shot. And, um, I'm looking over to the left of the screen because I'm used to using my iPad. <laughs> Look right here. Um, I, I'm used to... Uh, um, it, it all started with, with filming my first wedding. It started with with learning that I needed to commit to the shot, hit record, and kind of sit on it and wait. And then the beauty was in the editing at that point. Mm. Um, mostly all post-production. That's how you can tell a story, how you can knit together a story after you filmed everything you you had the ability to manipulate everything you captured and and put it the pieces together however you wanted to that's when i learned the power of video right mm. um and then i think shortly after that um the ability to produce content so having pre-production and how much better off everything is and so the the following wedding i met with the couple and it, I ended up interviewing them on the spot. I asked, "Hey, get dressed. Get, we're, we're gonna we're gonna do an interview. How you guys met and all that stuff." And that was able to be the narrative for their wedding. Yeah. I could use that to kind of build my story. I knew what to shoot. I knew. So there's just a when you do video, there's just a lot of magic that can be made, and um, that's what I love so much about it. And it's a lot more forgiving right. than let's say photography or even graphic design you know because once it's out there it's out there and, and video is the same way but you can repurpose content right um and the ability to 
sleep on it and continue to make edits on it. I think the coolest thing about video is the opportunity to be intentional. Mm. Like there's, you know, not, I don't want to take away from any other type of medium. There's so many mediums out there, whether, whether it's music, graphic design, uh, photography, yeah. uh, writing, uh, paint, whatever, whatever medium, there's always opportunity to be intentional. But I didn't realize the potential there is in video to be intentional until I really, um, well, until we started uh, always abounding, you know, um, what, four years ago, five years ago, we it was the early stages of, of always abounding. And I started to see how intentional you can be with video. Um, and, and it goes along with what Ryan says, that early moment uh, of pre-production and planning and forethought, the end product, it makes the end product exponentially better, which is so, so cool um, to see that, that whole, the process is, I think the, the, the joy I get out of it, maybe Ryan too, um, but for me, I get so much joy out of the process of seeing a video come together that it, I think it makes the fruits of our labor and that end product that much better. But I think the joy really is in the process. What you say? Absolutely. Ryan? Yeah, absolutely. So how did you guys meet? <laughs> That's a, you know, we met pumping iron, pumping <laughs> iron, pumping up Hans and Franz and Hans and Franz. You up, yes. Uh, we we met at the gym. We actually met at the gym. No joke. Uh, we've shared this story a couple times, but um, but we met at the gym. I was a personal. I was freelancing as a graphic designer, but I had a part time job as a personal <clears throat> trainer. Ryan was working full time as an IT guy, um, and and we I was at the gym working. He was there working out. We met. Um, for a long time, he was in my phone as the computer guy because he worked on my Mac. I was needing help with that, getting it better so I could do, you know, work faster and that sort of thing with all the design work I had. And uh, we decided to start a Bible study. Yes. Saturday mornings, 6 p.m., Starbucks. Yep. The only time either one of us could truly sleep in, and we were getting up um, and meeting at Starbucks at 6 a.m., we call them our 1558 meetings for the longest time, but um, we can go into that later. But we we would have we would do a Bible study yep. and kind of walk through the Word together. And fa- go ahead. Well, I was gonna say we 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 were both kind of living vicariously through one another. I had a family and kids. He didn't. I loved what he had. He loved what I had. And yeah. And and, and he ended up obviously you know getting married, having kids, and all that. But we we uh, we just kind of. Fed, fed one another both spiritually but also creatively we both like the same things and and i ended up at that time I, I had what was called always abounding cinematography the logo was i believe it was in helvetica <laughs> it was terrible <clears throat> and um i asked him to make me a new logo it's always abounding cinematography and he took that um he went home i went home this was after we probably met several times yeah. and we were just talking about aspirations, these are things that we wanted to do. And uh, he came back to me, I don't know, a few days later or a week later, and he said, no, nah, man, I'm going to make us a logo. Uh, and, and and honestly, that, that was a really difficult thing at first. I actually, I took time to pray over it, talk to my wife about it, because it made me nervous, you know, that name always abounding and, and what it meant to me. And mm. But he, he ended up making something out of that. And it's now always about multimedia, as you know. And we ended up forming an LLC shortly thereafter, and and a partnership 50-50. And it's been a whirlwind since. But uh, 
that's kind of how we all got started, right? When you yeah, said- that's exactly how we got started. Um, uh, with a with a lot of provision, a lot of grace, and a lot of luck, you know. Um, uh, what's 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 really crazy, Daryl, is Ryan and I um, grew up in this same county, but we never met each other yeah. in Middle Tennessee. Yeah, we grew up in uh, Rutherford County, uh, and halfway through my my school year, um, I'd say fourth grade, I moved uh, um, slightly east to to a town hour and a half away and Ryan finished up school there um, in high school and I, I never met him. We were in the mm, same county yeah. and I'd never I never met him until 20 2014. Yeah, something like that. Wow. Late 2014, man. So it was uh, it's crazy how it all worked out. Um, and it took us going, you know, going on a completely separate path to bring us back together uh, or just to bring us together in Knoxville in 2014, 2015 and and since then, we've been we've been able to build a business together. Yeah. Uh, we fight like brothers sometimes. Yeah. Um, it's it's definitely a marriage. Yeah. Hundred percent a marriage. Uh, just as much as we love our wives and and we have to pursue them, we have to pursue each other um, uh, from a business sense. And so it's it's been a long long journey to get to where we're at. Yeah. That's interesting. So I feel like you guys got a great chemistry going on when it comes to like being business partners and stuff like that. What advice would you have for someone that's maybe wanting a partner business-wise and also to people who are business partners, like how can they strengthen that partnership? Well, we, you know, what he, what he said kind of towards the end of that is really what we've hung tightly to and that it's, it's like a marriage. And so, uh, a good marriage, uh, I don't want to offend anybody, but a good marriage doesn't begin with a prenup, all right? Yeah. <laughs> a good marriage starts with knowing that there's not an exit plan and that you the only thing you can do is move forward. Yeah. And once you remove the, the darkness that surrounds failing, once you remove that and you know that you're in it together and that all you can do is, is move forward together, yeah. then, then that's the battle. And that's a fun battle. Because then you're just trying to work work with each other, and the beauty of our relationship is we both have our strengths, and we've learned to to really stay in our lane, um, and trust that each other will take care of his you know each other's part. I'll take care of my part. He takes care of his part. I'll hold him accountable. He'll hold me accountable, um, and and we both know each other's hearts. Um, a lot. It, it really is value based too. We have the, the same values. Mm. Same beliefs, and that, that's a big thing as well. And we're evenly yoked. What evenly say? yoked. Yeah. That's a, exactly right. Um, and we were challenged in the very beginning of this thing. Uh, we were told that the only ship that doesn't float is a partnership. Mm. And and Caleb and I have said all along that the difference there is, <clears throat> it's not just us. No. We have a third partner, and that's the Lord. And he's a mediator. Mm. He speaks to my heart and convicts me when I say or do something stupid. And the same thing happens yeah. to Caleb. And more often or not, we're, I'll say something else. Say sorry often. Often. You, <laughs> yeah. Because, because you're, we're, we're, we're fallible. We're human beings. We're going to make mistakes. So having a lot of grace, a lot of mercy. Do you see how, do you see how we like to um, describe it as a marriage? Because for a marriage to, to have a truly successful marriage, those same principles have to um, they have to apply. Yeah. Um, I think that I think that 
Ryan and I both can be alphas. Um, we both are passionate about what we do. We're both extroverts. We're both outgoing. Um, so oftentimes we have to have hard conversations with each other and ourselves. To, hey, there's there's a doorway to this business for a reason, and that's a great place to leave our egos. Yeah. You know, um, it's easy for us to get our feelings hurt sometimes, uh, um, and and it's okay to have your feelings hurt, but it's not okay to dwell on those feelings. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I I know I've hurt Ryan's feelings, and he's hurt my feelings before. But that's going to happen regardless yeah. of a relationship. Keep it's all about short how, accounts. Short accounts. You got to keep short accounts with each other. Uh, if something upsets you or or irks you, you need to talk to him about it. Then you don't need to sit on it, dwell on it, think about it. Next thing you know. You're blowing it way out of proportion. Yeah. I'm guilty of it. Ryan's guilty of it. And we've, you know, over the course of five years, we've worked probably just as just as hard on our business as we've worked on our relationship. Our relationship has been yeah. just as important for a successful business. Um, and oftentimes, I think most businesses, when it comes to partnerships, they fail because they're not working on the relationship just as much as they're working on the business. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that's a, a a big missed point that partnerships tend to forget about. Yep. I love that. I love that. And the especially the second part where you guys are able to kind of like a new day, you turn over a new leaf, like you get a blank slate each time. Like you get a blank slate each time. I feel like, because as you said, like, we're you if when you're close to someone and you're in each other's space, you're gonna hurt you're gonna hurt each other at some point. Like even inadvertently, you're gonna hurt somebody. We're we're selfish beings, so we wanna make it about ourselves. Facts. Yeah. Um and and we have to continue to step away and see how Ron said it best. We gotta stay in our lanes and mm. instead of worrying about what Ron's doing wrong, I need to worry about hey, what am I doing right? How can I do it better? Um, and if we both have that mentality, uh, I think that it's far easier to mitigate those issues when they arise, when we're focusing on serving each other yeah. and doing our roles and not worrying about his role and how he's serving me. And and, and I'll add to that. Um, it was a lot easier when it was just us two. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and it really didn't, it, 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 we just, it was just us. But, but being both of us being alphas, you enter in a third person one of us wants to rule over that person, not because it's a it's a battle of wills or whatever, but it just inevitably happens. I told you to do this. I told you to do this. And that ends up happening. You can't have two masters, right? You can't have two masters. You can't have two bulls in the same pasture, right? And so mm-hmm. and so how do you fight that? How do you how do you figure that out? That took a lot of time to, to figure out what our lanes were, who we were responsible for. You know, we now have how many uh, people working for well, us with us? Including contracts. Contractors, it would be up to six, seven, yeah. you know, paid contractors. But. Yeah. And so, and so we have to know who is over who and, and, and we're just there to support each other. Thanks. I love it. All right. So how are some of the ways that always abounding generates revenue? That should be true. Services, side gigs. How do you guys make that money? Make that money, make the cheddar. Um, okay, um, it's video, 100%. Uh, the the biggest cash cow for us is is video. Yeah. Uh, any type of production, whether it's commercial, uh, um, uh, and that can be both national or local campaigns. Whether it's video marketing, um, explainer videos, tutorials. Um, uh, we made the the we made most of our money 
doing internal videos for, yeah. for companies, safety yeah. and just the most boring stuff. But it's lucrative. There's a lot of money and, in it. And the thing is, there's a lot of shelf life to that. Yeah. So, you know, if we run a campaign, uh, a marketing campaign, we're really good at those. I think we're well equipped for running video campaigns around a marketing purpose. But those only run for the extended period of the campaign. So uh, we've we've seen the most lucrative part of video production is the stuff that has a longer shelf life. So trainings, um, explainer videos, uh, product demonstrations, those things that they're going to get a little bit more uh, 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 airtime, more use. It's definitely not sexy. It's 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 not as sexy. We try to do it. Family. It feeds our families. <laughs> and, and we we definitely try to make it as sexy as possible. Oh, you know, yeah. we, you know, I do think that there's some explainer videos, um, uh, training out there that's boring as all heck. But but we've we've tried we've tried our best to, to make it more entertaining, more engaging. That's really important. Yeah. So I'd say video is a big part of it, Daryl. Mm -hmm. We do a little branding uh, work mm -hmm. just because that was I moonlighted as a designer for the longest time, and I've got a great you know portfolio that allows us to continue to draw in clients. I just don't talk about it. Because it's not a bread and butter, like right. Ryan said, it's not, uh, it's not as um, profitable for us. Yeah. Again, biggest thing is is video, and I would say photography falls into that as well, just because we always include photography within our video production um, yeah. from a marketing sense. It makes a lot of sense to have still, uh, uh, still uh, branded content that matches the content that you're putting out video wise. So yeah. we always include that. So those are the biggest ways we generate revenue, but yeah. uh, we have some smaller stuff. I mean, we've got fun products that we do, but that's more to just serve ourselves. Yeah. We like wearing yeah. cool hats. We like swag. We like swag. Yeah. Hashtag swag. We were, we were told early on that actually I heard it from a lawyer. Uh, it was a general practice lawyer that said she was struggling. She was struggling. She couldn't get anything. And it's because she was just offering kind of everything, general practice. But as soon as, as soon as she said business law in front of her title, she started raking it in. We, we learned from her that as soon as we make it just video, all about video, our website, our SEO, our messaging, how we talk about ourselves. That started bringing in the money because yeah. what, what, what is it always about they do? Oh, they do video. End yeah. of story. Yeah. And it's those sidebar conversations where we pick up branding, pick up this, pick up that. Yeah, I, I think too, Daryl, that the fact that we understand branding well, the fact that we understand marketing well, it makes us a very unique production company because we can speak those languages for clients when we are working on, you know, a production. Uh, if we are working on a video project, we can make sure that it's got yeah. some marketing and messaging behind it that's actually going to be a profitable video, not just a beautiful looking video oh, graphic design and video go hand in hand yeah yeah i think so and, and that comes with the graphic design too you know especially when it comes to animating assets creating things that fits within their brand identity those those identity guidelines we need to understand that and so even though those are ancillary ancillary secondary yeah. or tertiary is the word i look for those tertiary things that we offer big words uh, <laughs> for this redneck here uh, but, but, even, even though these are these secondary things that we offer, they really help build a foundation to where we can allow, we can produce great video, yeah. um, head and shoulders above the rest. Thanks. I, w I had a, uh, a marketer, I uh, interviewed him earlier this week, and he's been doing copywriter, marketer, he's been doing this for years. And he says the minute you kind of create some kind of specialized, 
the minute you start specializing, mm-hmm. the minute you start creating some kind of vertical, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. you know, it changes, it, it changes things for you, especially because now, you know, every day, yeah. what you're going to write when it comes to copywriting, you know, what you're going to talk about when it comes yep. to big building a campaign, you know, like, you know, everything, you know, what your SEO is going to be, you know, trying to write the SEO or yep. build the SEO for something that is general, you know what I mean? Especially when you're not like a fortune 500. You know what I mean? Like trying to build something for some mm-hmm. SEO for something that's general is like you're basically it's just general. You know what I mean? But specializing, he was basically talking about. So it's kind of like backing up what you guys said about just specializing in something, you know, specific that you know kind of gives you some clear direction on where you're trying to go. It's it's hard to be the master of everything. That's why they call it. You can be the master of one or the jack of all trades, right? Yeah. And so for us, we decided that we need to be the master. We need to be the authority in one thing, and that's yeah. going to be video. And the best way to position yourself to serve your customers, because we might be a production company, but first and foremost, we're a service industry. Right? Yeah. We're serving our clients. And the best way for us to do that for their benefit, not ours, is to show two things, Daryl. Number one is to show authority in what we're talking about. We have got to know our industry inside and out. And the second, and this is the one, I think Ryan does a great job when it comes to authority. He knows production. He knows all of that so well. But but this is where I, I try to come in. Uh, and the second thing that people need to know uh, when serving others it, uh, to be when it definitely when it comes to being successful is empathy. So you got to have authority. You've got to you've got to know the industry and you've got to come from a professional standpoint. But you also have to have empathy. You've got to understand where that client is, what they struggle with every single day, where they're wanting to go, why they want to go to where they want to go, how they're going to get there. Um, and it's got to be a balance. You can't have one or the other. You can't be, hey, this is what you got to do. This is what you got to do. This is what you got to do, right? Because because they, at that point, they feel like you don't, you know, it's funny, but at that point, they don't feel like you know. Like you're trying to hear them. You're hearing them. Right. And on the other side of that coin, if you're showing just empathy and be like, I'm so sorry, I I get it. I get it. I don't know what you need to do, but man, I feel for you. Then. That's that's nice and all, but that gives them no actionable items. Just, just call your mom at that point. Call your mom at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, so um, I don't know. There's some moms out there are really good at telling you what to do. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but but you know what I mean. Uh, so so I think that I think that there's a balance there, um, and I think that's so so important uh, uh, when it comes when like coming back to what you're saying is, you know, specializing, you need to specialize with the intent to help, not the intent to, you know, just be the authority, but to have some empathy behind that authority, right? I like that combination, authority and empathy. All right. All right. So what is the hardest thing that you guys had to overcome? Could be as a company, individually, your call. COVID. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I'd say our first, our first employee. Mm. Yeah. That was that was that that you know trying to weigh uh, the liabilities of you know having a, another mouth to feed when selfishly 
I want that. Caleb wants that money, but we want it for our families. We want so so. Do we burn that midnight oil and just work, 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 and sacrifice our families? You know. So it, there's a lot uh, at stake when we when we made that choice. That was probably one of our biggest hurdles. Um, just just big purchase decisions like that. Not purchasing a person, but there's a lot of money. Yeah. I would say for me, if we want to stay in the business side of things, I'd say for me, us going full time. Mm, I yeah, think that, that actually, was yeah. that was Never really. Mind. That's definitely. <laughs> you know, I mean, that was really scary because at that time, going full time, I didn't have kids yet, yeah. but I was married. Uh, <clears throat> Ryan, you know, you had already. He was married and he had all four of his kids at that time, so he had a, had a lot of responsibility. Yeah, that was definitely the toughest one. Yeah, you, you know, uh, and so going full time was scary for us. Um, I went a little earlier than him, um, and and the funny thing is, is he went completely. He actually was going full time for a while in addition to another full time job. Right. But the coolest thing I think about this whole thing, and I I truly believe it's God in this, is that the 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 day he went completely full time, solely always abounding, nothing else was a day, was the actual day, Daryl, that my son was born. And mm. so right when my son came into this mm. world, I had to take a step back for two weeks. And praise the Lord, this guy was right there. And, and it just worked out that way. It wasn't planned on our, our end at all. It just happened that way that he was able to come in, take over the reins completely, not have to share them at all. Yep. take them over. And I was, I had the opportunity to pull back for a couple of weeks, spend time with my, with my wife and my new son. So, um, it was, I think that whole season that was in 2015. That was a tough one. No, 2015, 20, yeah, 2017 is when my son was born. Yeah. So, so, uh, 2017 was a really pivotal year for us. Um, I think that was uh, a lot to overcome because definitely we've taken a risk. Big time. Yeah. Yep. Sweet. All right, so who are the people that you guys draw support from? Who's in the support system? Obviously, other from each other, but who's the the, the glue that keeps it always abounding? I would say our wives, first mm -hmm. and foremost, um, because they've had, especially when it comes to just encouraging us. I know that my wife and, and, and Kayla's wife, I know, I know my wife has been, you, you got this, honey. You can do this. Help me walk through these things. They're very much so part of this business as we are. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd say first and foremost, our wives. And then uh, second to that, I would say it's for any business owner where you're sole proprietor or you've got your partnership to have somebody that can speak into your business. And, and whether it be one person or two people, however many, but we have a guy um, that really gave us permission this last year. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and that permission came at a cost, but it was totally worth it. We, we knew we needed to do it, but um, I, I'm, I'm gonna leave him un, unnamed for now. Yeah. Um, but he has just been such a blessing to Caleb and I, because like I said, he just gave us permission and he challenged us. He's a very smart individual um, when it comes to business. So our wives and this individual is who I would say. I completely agree. Sweet. And of course, before all them, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, how much outreaching do you guys do? As in, regionally or just in like, general, just mean, the like service, business wise. I can demystify a little bit of that. Uh, demystify always abounding a little bit. Uh, since Ryan and I are such 
Alphas to a certain degree, we realized early on, hey, we need to determine our lanes, right? And so, Ryan, I love to compare it to um, the, the food industry. If anybody out there has worked in a restaurant, they'll totally get this analogy. If you haven't, just bear with me for the next 90 seconds. Um, you have the front of the house and you have the back of the house when it comes to restaurants. You have the kitchen, you have the cooks, you have the dishwashers, you have everybody actually getting the work done. Then you have the front of the house, that's your servers, that you, that's your hostess. Um, those are the people who are uh, you, you know, interacting with those customers, making sure they're happy. Um, and, and I like to look at that as my role. Uh, so technically my role, even though we're owners, I'm over sales and marketing. That's my biggest role. Um, and so when it comes to outreach, Daryl, that's, that's a lot of what I do. Networking, um, I don't really do cold calling. But um, I do uh, I do call on people. Uh, I do you know try to build re relationships. Um, a video production is not cheap, so it's not very it's not a transactional type of relationship. I need to uh, uh, get to know that client, get to know that person or that company for a long time before we enter into an actual project together. Because I want to make sure we do it the right way the first time. Um, so so that's. We do spend quite a bit of outreach, if, if that's what you want to call it, um, going after clients. Um, but it's kind of untraditional methods. I mean, one, a couple of times last year, uh, Ron and I were part of hosting a bourbon tasting event. Out of all things, we decided to host a bourbon tasting event, and we hosted it with a couple other uh, other businesses. And what each business did is they would bring in three or four people who have influenced their business or have just been uh, um, good acquaintances in, in the professional world. We get together, we share the type of bourbon we brought and why we like it, and then we get to network. And that was that was pretty fruitful for us. Um, it allows us to build long-term relationships. And in, in the video production industry, I think that's important, long-term relationships. Yep. But coming back to that, that analogy, so I would be front of the house. Well, Ryan would be back of the house. He's overall a production. So if I can get the work, uh, so who, who said it uh, yesterday? Wow and how? Yeah. I have. I'm the wow guy, and Ryan's the how guy, right? Gotcha. So, uh, uh, and once we determine those lanes, we've we've seen some growth, and I think it's been because we were intentional uh, with what we're doing. Uh, but that's how we kind of spend our outreach time. It's it looks a little different. Some networking, um, some just long term relationship building, um, and then and we really try to spend uh, some time uh, with with digital marketing. So obviously yeah. social media, newsletter, uh, lead generation type lead generation type stuff. Um, that's where we spend most of our time when it comes to leads. I love it. I love it. So what is that thing that you can't live without? That's not your phone. My iPad. I don't know. I think that's probably it. For for me, um, I'm sure you've had designers on here before, so I know that I'm not the only one saying this. But for me, it's it's my it's my notebook. I do use field notes, so shout out to those guys. But um, uh, it's it's this leather bound uh, cover with two field notes in it and a space pen. And the reason I'm using it is because of this man right here. If it wasn't for him. I would never started using yeah, this. I love that thing. I got one too. Yeah. So I, I think for me, it's that because it allows me to keep up with phone numbers. You notes. Can, you're not as rude. You're rude when, when somebody's talking to you and you pull out a phone. It looks like you're texting when really you're taking notes. They don't know that. But you pull out those field notes, they feel real special because you're taking notes. Even I may not have anything to do with them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and so it's that, that's been that's been for me, that's been really important. 
I've seen Ryan be able to, you know, utilize his iPad. Yeah, I just use it for so much. It's just a yeah. great way to take in stuff and take in content, but also manage things and, and be able to leave the laptop at the office mm -hmm. and just bring this home for the weekend and emails I need to. And I, I feel like that's kind of cheating with the phone thing, though, because it's similar to a phone. Okay, okay. <laughs> let, me get, let me think here. Let me think. Yes. All right. Hands I'm, down. I'm, I'm Mr. Fix-It. <clears throat> Hands down. Is. So definitely a Leatherman. Oh, Always nice. a Leatherman. Nice. Nice. Now, my favorite is the Charge TTI. Um, it's really expensive, but totally worth it. But right next to that is the Skeletal, and it's got your screwdriver, your pliers, bottle opener, knife. Nice. I mean, it's got everything you need. This stays in our pocket. Um, I got one for Caleb forever ago, just for him, this, the skeletal one. And I love it. And he loved it so much, I ended up buying myself one because I wanted one. Because it, <laughs> it was a lot. I, did, I was always looking like Batman with that Leatherman on my belt, you know? So I had to stop <laughs> being Batman and uh, and go down to the skeletal. So and Leatherman, Leatherman, not Gerber, Leatherman. What's really funny about that is now everybody who works with us, when they come on, they get, they get one of these. Yeah. So they get a leather-bound field notes, you know, notebook thing. And... And they get a skeletal. They get a nice. Leatherman because yeah. it's been so for us. Yeah. Um, some some of them use it more than others, but uh, we just we've just seen how it's improved our efficiency, oh, our productivity, and Absolutely. so we try to share that with with our employees. I like that. I like that. Book recommendation. Um, how much time you got? <laughs> Top three. Um, uh, the little engine that could. First and foremost, talk about perseverance. When you're owning a business, you need to have some perseverance. Uh, no, for, for real, I would say uh, building story brand. Um, that has changed how we how we operate as a business, how we talk about ourselves, how we talk to customers. Good to Great, that's been really, uh, by Jim Collins, that's been really effective for me. Um, I love that book. Um, uh, 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 what's the one with um, horse? Uh, the guy from um, uh, the, not the Marriott, the Radisson. Was it the Radisson? Oh, uh, excellent wins mm. by Horst Schultz. That's an incredible. When it comes to serving, uh, serving others, um, the, we all hear about you know Chick Fil A and how they say it's my pleasure. Well, the Chick Fil A guy got that whole idea from Horst Schultz. Gotcha. So, um, so definitely. Uh, definitely that. Um, what was one of those books that? Oh, Creativity Inc. I just saw that on there. Uh, Ron and I, you've read that. Yeah, I, I've read it, and we both love that book. It's about the story of Pixar, and I've almost yeah. read all the ones he's mentioned. A few I haven't, but Building a Story Brand. Yeah, Creativity Inc. is a good one. Um, uh, For me, uh, one of the first ones I read a while back was The Five C's of Cinematography. It's an easy read, mm. but it's it's awesome. Check it out. Yeah. Cool. Um, I think the Bible is a good one too. Yeah, pretty one. amazing. Yeah, yeah, um, that's a good one. Uh, I'm, I'm, oh, rich dad, poor, poor dad. Um, yeah. That's an old one. Yeah, yeah uh, my it's dad definitely a mindset change. Like, it's a big mindset change. Um, that was that's a good one. Um, and I think the last one I'll mention. I told you I could talk about books a lot, but it's virtual culture. I read it. Oh, yeah. Gave it to Ryan. Ryan read it. Um, uh, and it talks so about appropriate for this time, this season. Dude. Yeah. If you're, if you're looking to figure out, Hey, how am I going to 
have a business when I don't have an actual brick and mortar business? Or if I do have a brick and mortar business, do I need to rethink having one? Yeah. Um, virtual culture is for you. Um, they, this guy's really big on not having a physical place to work. Um, obviously, we do have a physical place to work, but it still has changed how we how we approach work, how we approach um, our employees even. Like our employees don't always need to be here. Um, sometimes they need to be at home. Sometimes they need to be with family. Our editor right now is in uh, uh, Texas. We sent him home. And because a lot of what he can do, he can do from Texas with his fiance and with his family. And so uh, it definitely changed our mind a little bit on, you know, that going to work. What does that, what does that look like? What does that mean? Mm. So all those are, all those are some books that we would recommend. For sure. See, all right. So what's the first hour of your work, your day, like first hour? Do you guys have some awesome routines or pretty plain Jane? Of, of our day or, or once we get to work? You choose. Just me. I've heard some uh, of our day. All right. So I get up. I start the coffee pot. I take my dog outside. I come inside, drink coffee, and read from Proverbs. First and foremost, every day. Wow. For, for me, it's usually stumbling to the bathroom. I'm not. I'm not nearly as eloquent as Brian. I gotta go okay. pee. Okay. I mean, we're going down to the, the boat. yeah. Put my clothes on. Put my t-shirt on. Take the t-shirt back off because you forgot to put the deco on. Yeah. <laughs> I open my eyes. Um, yeah. Hey. Uh, usually, usually for me, it it, it involves. Uh, I like to go to everyman.minute. Com. That's where I do most of my devotions in the morning. Um, so I usually get that while I'm drinking coffee. If I'm if I'm up early enough, I'll go get a workout in first. Uh, but then I then I get up. Uh, usually it, I, I'm not up early enough, if I'm being honest. So I'll have my coffee. I'll read Everman Ministries. Uh, spend a little bit of time with my wife before I have to head to work um, uh, and, and get ready for work and head to work. So that's usually what. The early morning routine is as soon as I get here, the first thing I do is check my email. I try not to check my email at home. Mm. I really try to wait until I get to my office and have like a startup ritual. Michael mm. Hyatt, um, you know, I don't know if you've heard of him or read any of his books, but he's big about that. Um, having that startup time, carving yep. that out. Mm -hmm. And I think he only checks his email twice a day. Yep. I think he, he checks yeah. it in the morning okay. and, and then so. I think, uh, again in the afternoon. Right. That's it. Um, because it's easy to kind of get um distracted by email and mm -hmm. i'm i'm guilty of that i'm not perfect but um that's usually how i try to start my day at work is is checking my email um and and looking at the day looking at my calendar see what i've got going on that day um and i always try to find some type of way to connect with ryan um even if it's just 30 minutes drinking a cup of coffee here in the office um and just chatting about what we got going on that day yeah Yep. I like it. So what's next? What's next for Always Abounding? Uh, liquidating all our assets. Uh, <laughs> Full-time ministry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, I don't know. I mean, there's there's a lot of opportunity out there. Um, I mean, we, we do have the month of May. I don't know when this airs, so we might be showing too much behind the curtain, Daryl, but the month of May for us is it's, it's pretty full. It's pretty full, yeah. and that's just immediate. Um, I, I think long-term, we're always abounding. Uh, once we get out of this COVID season, especially, uh, we were we were slowly working into um, 
our, our, our office or into our, our mindset, some, some nonprofit support. Uh, we've got some uh, ministry ministries that we we uh, support abroad. Uh, there's a ministry out of Thailand that rescues mm-hmm. women, um, women sex, you know, sex trafficking. Um, but you know, with COVID and with everything that's happening on a worldwide level, but locally, it, our focus shifts back to our community, and so we're still trying to narrow and narrow down what exactly it is that we're, we want to do. But there has got to be a give back in our business if we're going to stay alive and healthy. And Caleb and I are working to figure out what that is. We're praying about it, and uh, but we feel we're heading in the right in the right direction for sure. Yeah, we've been doing some giveaways and stuff to help support, especially the restaurant and food industry here in Knoxville. I don't know if you know this, Daryl, but Knoxville has more breweries per square mile than Atlanta. Mm. Um, it's got a lot of, I mean, it's it's a very rich, very dense food and beverage culture here. Yeah. And, and they're hurting. They're hurting bad. And, and so... We've been doing some giveaways um, on social, and we're we're going to be continue doing that yeah. until things get back to normal. Until restaurants start opening back up, um, it's not a lot. Uh, it's uh, we wish we could do more, but it's at least something. Um, uh, and and it's it's kind of changed our perspective. Like we wanted to help these ministries abroad, but there's a lot of people hurting here too. Yeah. And and my mom's always said charity begins at home. Yeah. And so. We're going to get, we'll get back to that. You know, Ryan, last year, Ryan went to India, uh, Thailand, and Vietnam, right? Yep. And he filmed and got all this incredible content, all these stories about these people who are hurting and how we can help them. Um, and we want to get back to that. I know that's his heart. He's got the biggest heart for this. Uh, but but that's, not, that's just not the season we're in. So I think right now, what's next? The, you ask us what the what's the next big thing for always abounding, and it's it's not for always abounding. It's for our community. Yeah. Mm. Um, what can we do to pour into the environment that we occupy, the places that we go, the places that we spend time, spend our money, spend make memories at? How can we salvage those? And uh, I think that's on Ryan's heart and my heart to say. We've always wanted to use our our tools or our gifts, you know, for the kingdom, and that's. One thing that I thought we need to do first and foremost, and in a lot of cases that is what it is, but we learned from the trips abroad, you know, that what these good ministries, what they need is, is money. I mean, they need money um, to, to support what they're trying to do because their boots on the ground, they know what actually is going on. So we're still trying to figure out if it's a matter of uh, monetary help or if it's physical, if it's our, our talents, if it's video, if it's that. So we're, if I were to ask, for a prayer request, it would be that. What what tools that we've been gifted with are we to use? And so yeah. we're just trying to dive into that and identify who that is. I love yeah. that. I love that. I love that. Any opportunity you can take to give back. You know what I mean? It's always good, especially for businesses. Because you know what? In all honesty, businesses ask a lot. That's just the nature. Mm-hmm. They ask a lot. So anyway, Oh, yeah. So the opportunity to give back is always, you know what I mean? Always a good thing. I love you guys have a servant's heart, so you guys will definitely find that thing. Thanks, man. All right, so what advice do you have for creatives out there as we wind down? Number one, figure out what you love to do as a creative and and figure out how to make a living doing that thing. Mm. Because if you're in your joy, you'll do a great job and you can make money doing it. That's, That's the dream. Yeah. And, and, and if you don't make money, 
as a creative, I think it's 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 not as important, at least from from me as a creative, it's not important for me to make money as sure. as sometimes it is to express myself. Right. Mm-hmm. So figure out to kind of build off what Ryan's saying, find that one thing you're passionate about. I mean, we're on passion behind the art, right? So nice. find the one thing you're passionate about and and pour everything into that. And 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 honestly, if 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 you truly do that two hundred percent, if you go the full full distance, you know that money's going to come. Um, yeah. That that's those opportunities are going to fall into your lap. Um, if you're a designer, you know, yeah, take on design work that that pays, but make sure you get to take on design work that you enjoy to do yeah. first and foremost, because if you enjoy to do it. You're going to get better at it, and the yeah. better you get at it, the more you'll get noticed, the more people will, will respect your work, yeah. and ultimately, you'll start to get paid for the things you like to do. Yeah, thanks. Um, it's uh, simply a, a process, and, and doing yeah. work for free is a great way to get started. It's a, it yeah. gets you out there, and you start making connections with people, and and plus, you get to hone your craft. You get better and better at it at, at the expense of the, <laughs> the craft as you roll yeah. them out, but yeah. it's, that's how you learn. Yeah, and... And I'm going to steal something from Ryan that almost all the wisdom I spout, by the way, is stuff I've learned from Ryan. But I'll say this, even if it doesn't have to, even if it's not applicable to video, I think this is the, the one of the best things I've ever learned from Ryan. And it's to commit to the shot. So that might be if you're pursuing graphic design and if you truly want to be a designer, you need to commit to that pursuit. If you're wanting to be a writer, if you're wanting to be a musician, you need to commit to that pursuit. You don't need to buy a guitar and let it collect dust. You need to practice it every day uh, you, until your fingers bleed and you start to develop calluses. You need to constantly look up tabs, listen to music, talk to other guitarists who have done it before. Um, if you're a painter, exact same thing. If you are, and, and I know we're talking more fine arts here, but but any type of uh, thing you're pursuing that deals with creativity, you need to commit to it because mm-hmm. it's not going to happen overnight. Ryan and I, we're running this business. We've done. I'm I'm very thankful where we're at, but we're not. We have not arrived yet. And and I think that if you commit to the shot and don't focus on arriving, but just focus on being better today than you were yesterday, I think that's the best advice I could give any creative. Um, is, is to commit to the shot, commit to what you're doing, commit to what you're pursuing. Mm. Mic drop. I love that. I love that. Commit to the shot. I should make a shirt. Well, I should make right. a shirt. Right. Commit to the shot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I learned it. I learned it from Ryan, and and it was a really hard lesson for me because mm. I was flying a drone. I was getting some drone footage for us. And and it was it was about to be perfect, Daryl. The shot I was getting was about to be perfect, but I thought I'd gotten enough. I was like, okay. And I stopped the drone midair. And when Ryan was reviewing the footage, I mean, I really dropped the ball. I mean, I, I, I could have had like a beautiful shot, but I didn't commit to it. I didn't ride that wave all the way through. I didn't stay on course. And uh, uh, it didn't it didn't completely ruin the production, but it could have been a lot better if I would have just committed. My version of that was there was no depth to it. It didn't have any philosophical meaning. It just meant hit record and keep the camera on whoever it is just a little bit longer for me, so you make my editing job easier. Yeah. <laughs> well, he didn't realize that there was it was, just it was it was a greater good there. That yeah. 
So yeah, for, for sure, commit to the show. All right, dudes, where can people go to find you, learn more about you, all the stuff that you're doing? In the funny papers and the classifieds and the mugshots, um, that's the best place to find us. But if you can't find us there, alwaysabounding.net um, online. And then Instagram is always.abounding. We couldn't get always abounding. We know the dude, nice guy. We want it. We won't have it. Um, always.abounding. Um, and then where else? Yeah, I think that's the biggest. Yeah. Uh, alwaysabounding.net and uh, at always.abounding on Instagram. We have a newsletter out right now, and um, we're really trying to promote this newsletter because it provides great marketing and video advice for businesses, um, for marketers, uh, for creatives. And you can sign up on that uh, on our website as well. So that's something else that people can check out. And video tips and tricks yeah. and yeah. just practical advice for video. Yep. Sweet. Well, dudes, this has been awesome. Thank you guys for coming on the show. That's right. We're good. Where? That's right. That's right. <laughs> In case some of your listeners don't know you personally, they need to understand what kind of genuine, wonderful human yeah. you are. That's right. Um, we met you at Creative South. Every time I talk to you, every time I see you, every time I text to you, regardless if I can see you or not, I, I mentally that big old smile and you're always you float wherever you go you've never walked a day in your life you just float you're so happy so uh so i will say this i will say this ron and i are so grateful for you for our friendship and the way you've been able to to just encourage us you've been you've been a huge encourager through this whole thing ever since we've known you wow that's a bit bit much but i appreciate it guys appreciate it 100 the feeling is mutual feeling is mutual thank you for listening to this week's episode i hope it's been super valuable to you and you're now ready to take your audience building your community growing to the next level to help you and help me build our empire for lack of a better word or just to build our thing um, remember to stop by iTunes, Passion Behind the Art, and leave a review and subscribe. It's very important to me. It helps the podcast grow, and it makes me feel good to kind of hear from you guys, to know what you like about this podcast, what it's done for you. So jump on iTunes and subscribe and leave a review, Passion Behind the Art. Be blessed.